0: Good evening. We're learning Maseches Ksubis Daf Ayin Vav. We are starting about eight lines down, seven lines down at Ravashi Omar. If you will recall, yesterday on Daf Ayin He, at the very bottom of Daf Ayin He at the top of Ayin He we learned the Mishnah that had opposite implications about whether or not the Baal was Muhammad or whether or not the Father was Muhammad. and that's what we've already seen two answers. And here the Gemara provides a third answer Ayin Vav seven, eight lines down. Ravashi Omar. Um, in one case, it is that the father is Oda mana, meaning that he wants the ksuba money, and therefore, uh, he has to bring a raya, that's why the Mishnah says he has to bring proof. However, Visefa in the second case where she is What is the second case in our Mishnah? If you look at the very bottom of Ayn Hey Amid Aleph in the Mishnah, it says, that if she has already moved into the husband's house, then the husband has to bring a raya. So the seifa, she says that you owe me money because the father doesn't get the money after she gets married. She gets the money after she gets married, if there's a divorce. So therefore that's how the Gemara answers answers up the opposite implications, is that they are different cases. However, the Gemara is bothered by this. Rev Meir agreed in a different case. That in a somewhat similar case, if there's a moon that came from the house of, uh, of her childhood, that the father has to check. That's against what we just learned, because our mission on the bottom of Ayin Hei says that if a woman moves into her husband's house and there's a mum, the husband has to bring a raya if he wants to not pay the ksuba. Here it says the father needs to. So asks the Gemara, it's a case where she would be the recipient of the ksuba. And if that's true, she should, um, if that's the case, then it should be like it was in our Mishnah, where the Baal has the responsibility to bring the proof and not the father. The Gemara says, when she has an extra finger, she has six fingers my wife had a classmate who had six toes. She was a skater so it made the skates fit a little bit funky. But uh she had six toes, it's just how she was born. Better balance. What? Better balance. In theory that's true better balance. In theory. So then the gamara asks, that's not, what? That's not a move. Oh, it is by definition a move. That's a, that is of course a move. Yeah. Are you good? I, I don't even know. I I I I've lost where the innuendo starts and ends. I, I can't even tell. So, <laughs> so the Gemara says, wait a second. You say it, if she, in fact she has a sixth finger. If she has an extra finger, my raya micey. What what proof is there to bring? She's always had a sixth finger. So says the Gemara, no. The proof that can be brought is Raya to rub in a fai suit, just to say, no, no, no. She knew he knew about it and he didn't care. And then it's not a mum. If he marries her uh, with the understanding that she has six digits, then that's fine. There's no reason why they can't stay married. He accepted that. It's only if he married her under the assumption that she had 10 fingers and it turned out she had 11, that's a mecha But that's not this case. So the riot that would need to be brought in this case is as to whether or not he knew beforehand. And he was therefore accepting of this uh, of this mum of having an extra an extra digit. At the two dots, six lines from the bottom of the page, the Gemara quotes a b'risa, and this b'risa is going to be used to compare to our Mishnah. Let's say that I own a cow and you own a donkey, and we're switching. We make a, an even trade. There's no money changing hands. I'm giving you a para, you're giving me a donkey. You need milk, I need a traveling animal. So it's a perfect, uh, a perfect match, even deal. Then, Umashach bal hachamor es hapara. You who, have the, who who own the Chamor, you do Mashicha, the Kenyan, to acquire the Para, and that Para becomes yours. And then on the spot, So everything is happening in rapid succession. We agree to the deal. I have a Para, you have a Chamor. You reach over and you take the reins of the Para and you pull it your way. That's Mashicha, your Kona. Instantly the Chamor dies. So what happens? We have transactions like this all the time. Okay, here's what I'm giving you. And then when you give me what you're giving me, it drops and shatters into a thousand pieces. What does the Gemara say in such a case? It, it is the responsibility of the owner of the chamor to bring a proof that the animal was alive during the Meshichas Para. And what that means is as follows. If the Meshichas Para, in fact, took place while the chamor was still alive, And then the chamor died, done deal. The person loses out on the chamor because the transaction already took place. I've already done my part. The cow is mine. You haven't even done the Mashiach yet, nevertheless. The the chamor is still yours. I guess you can sell the carcass, but you won't have a living animal anymore. And the Gemara compares this case to our case, Vitana Tuna Kala. This is also similarly what was taught in regards to the Kala. But we don't know which case in our Mishnah this compares to. Does it compare to the first case of the Mishnah on the bottom of Ayin Hei The case where... um, Whereas our Mishnah writes on the bottom of Ayn Hey Amir Aleph, where Hayuba Mum and Vaoda she has a Mum, she's still in her father's house. Or, no, is it talking about a case where she's married in the husband of her Baal and then they find the Mum? So, on the very bottom line of Ayn Vava Mer the Gemara asks, Hey Kala, which Kala are we talking about that is comparable to our uh, new Brysa over here of the Par and the, para and the Chamor? E Lema, turning to the top of Daf Ayn Vava if you want to say, top line of Ayin Bava Mudbeis, Saviha, that it's similar to the case of the bride who's still living in her father's house, meaning there's Erosin, but not yet Nisuin, that in that case, we see that there's a, a mum, says the Gemara, me dummy. The case of the Parah and the chamor is not comparable to the case of the woman who has a mum after Erosin. Why not? Because hasam Av Raya Umapik, over there, when the father can prove, when the father can prove that the husband knew about this, so then it's not a mekachtos, and then all is well and good. But hacha over here by the animals, maisi balachamor raya umokim. So there are different things that are being accomplished. If the husband gets his way, then he gets a ksuba, he collects money. But in the case of the par and the chamor, if the balachamor gets his way, then he doesn't have to spend money. So the results of what they're trying to prove are very different. Again, the, the, in the case of the Kala, if the father proves that he is correct, then he collects Iksuba, and he collects money. So his Raya will collect money. But the Bala Hamor and the Bryce on the bottom of Ayin Vav Aleph, if he succeeds, he has to not spend money. So therefore, the cases are not comparable. Therefore, Amir Rabbi Abba, on the third line, Kala Bebez we're talking about, when we compare the case of Para and chamor. we're talking about that case as it relates to our Mishnah, only where the bride found her mumen once she was already married, says the Gemara, Low dummy, but still the cases are not similar. Hasam. Awesome. Over there, in regards to the woman who uh, found a moon when she was married, if the husband can bring a raya that she did not have this moon beforehand, he ruins her chazaka. But hacha, in regards to the case of the para and the chamor, the chamor is just trying to keep things status quo. He already has the para, and he doesn't want to have to pay for another chamor. So, Again, the result of the, of the bringing of proofs here is the opposite. By the case of marriage, it is to ruin her chazaka. And over here, it is to keep his chazaka. So, Amar Nachman, we need a better answer. Amar Nachman, Bar Yitzchak, Ula Kidushin. The Gemara pivots. We thought the whole time that we were talking about the money for the Ksuba. The Gemara says that's not what we're talking about. We're comparing the case of Para and the case of Hamor to our case of the Kalab of Esaviyah, but we're not talking about the money of the Ksuba. We're talking about the money of the Kedushin. And if, in fact, there is a divorce, the father gets the money back. And the Gemara says... The Lotema don't say that this is only true, that the father would get back the money for the kedushin. The nidnu that Kiddushin was not a permanent thing and it would always be returned. That's not the case because it applies even according to the other nidnu Even according to those who say, that the uh, the money for kiddushin is a permanent gift, but there are still rules as to when it's a permanent gift. That's only true when the kiddushin was a valid kiddushin. Aval kiddush toes over here, since there is a mum, raya in ilolo. It depends. When will the money be permanent? Okay, so if they bring a ride that the Kedushan is valid, then the money is permanent, and we got it. But in this case, where it's Kedusha so then the money gets returned in the Kedushan, and therefore we have a good comparison between the case of Paranhamur on the one side, and our Mishnah on Ayin, Hey, Amaralif at the bottom, with the Kala Beves Aviha. And, and the money that we're discussing is a case of Kedushan, and the two cases line up nicely. The Gemara asks a question from a case of trephos. This uh, particular sugya, or sugyas like this, raised a huge shyla about milking cows, because what they used to do is take a big fat needle and inject it through the belly, and they would give hormones to the animals through this injection or antibiotics, whatever they were giving. So Rav Shechter from YU, Rav Herzl was very concerned that all of the milk animals who get these hormones were treph, and he doesn't drink milk. Because of that, he's he's actually very concerned. And he brought this Shiloh to Rebel Yashav Zatzal, and Rebel Yashev like waved him off. He said, like, No, nah, it's fine. Reverend Ryshechter doesn't drink milk from cows that are treated with these injections because there's a needle that goes into their stomach. What's the problem with that? Take a look at our Gemara. Meswe, we have a question. Machat, if there's a needle, that's found in one of the four. Compartments of the stomach of a cow. If it only pierces one side of this base hakosos, of this part of the stomach, then the animal is still a kshera. But if the, uh, if the needle pierces two parts of the base hakosos, two parts of the stomach, then trefa. If we find that there's a little bit of blood, if we find on the on the needle that's piercing the stomach, if we find blood on it, we know that it was there from before the shrita because the blood was still flowing. But if we don't find blood on the needle, and then the Gemara says, if we see that there's scabbing, so then that it was at least three days, that's how long it takes to scab. Uh, But if the entrance of the needle, that place does not have a scab on it, and then we know hamotzi mechavero olav haraya, then under those circumstances, then we would apply the principle of hamotzi mechavero olav haraya in regards to someone who might want to collect from this animal. So says the Gemara, what's going on here? We have a tavach, we have a butcher, and the butcher bought this cow. And when he looked inside the cow, he saw there was a needle through the base akosos. So says the Gemara, a little bit more than halfway down on Ayin Vavah V'i Yahiv Tavach If the Tavach, if the, the, uh, the butcher had already paid the seller of the cow for, let's say he gave him $1,000 for the cow. So says the Gemara, Boi Raya Umapik. Then he, the Tavach, has to bring a Raya, he has to bring a proof that this was actually here, meaning he has to show that there's scabbing, which would be a raya, as we said, that there's blood on the needle. Whatever the case may be, he has to show that this needle was there from before, in which case it's a mekkah and he gets his money back, because remember the principle, hamotzi mechavero of haraya. So right now, I, I as the tabach, I own the, the butcher house, and I bought a cow from you. I open up the cow, and I see there's a needle inside, and I know that it's from before, hamotzi mechavero olav haraya, you have to give me my money back. But says the Gemara, Ve'amai. why would you say in this case that all of haraya, Bala Why don't we say like we did earlier in the case of the of the Bala chamor? Why don't we say that the seller has to bring a raya that the animal was perfectly healthy, and then he doesn't have to return the money? Meaning we have a machlokas in two sugyas. Do we always say hamotzi mechaber olav which would have been our assumption before today? Or are there times when we say that we don't need hamotzi mechaber olav that another person is able to simply support their own claim, even though they already have the money in hand? Says the Gemara, really the case that we're dealing with is not where the tavach had already paid for. it. We're dealing with a case where the, the, the butcher had not yet paid for the cow. So here's what happened. You are the seller of a cow. You own a cow farm. You give me Betsy the cow, and I say I'm going to pay you next week. And then I get the cow, and I are it's already shechted, and I'm uh, taking care of it. I'm dissecting it and taking the pieces I want, tossing the pieces I don't. And I find a big fat needle through the base through the the the, the, the base acosos, through this part of the stomach, and that looks like a trefa. So it says the Gemara that the tavach has to bring a raya, and in this case, it's exactly like the balach amor, because. He, he hasn't paid yet. And it's a case of here in this case where um, he doesn't know he owes money, but he doesn't have to pay yet because we have to determine as to whether or not this is actually a trefa. Says the Gemara, my, does that seem clear to you? sukka? Rashi says over here, Bitmia. This is a question what? You think you have everything so clear? My psaka, is this really such a, a clear halacha? Ella says the Gemara. He said Omar. We've seen this now, I think, three times in Shas, mostly recently, where the Gemara says that don't listen to my brother Yehuda who sat in front of Shmuel. We know famously Yehuda the Amora sat in front of both Rav and Shmuel. Rav first, and then Shmuel. Rav was a little older, and the Gemara says. Don't listen to him, because really, Shmuel. Here is what Shmuel said: Kol shenolad birushuso, wherever the suffek was born, wherever the suffek was realized, alav haraya. That's a very divergent opinion from Hamotzi Mechavero alav haraya, because Hamotzi Mechaberu alav haraya says, "Where is the money? And whoever has the money, if you want to extract from that person, Hamotzi Mechavero, alav haraya." But here, Shmuel is of the opinion that wherever the suffek is born. Wherever the suffix is noticed, that is where, uh, where the person would then have to bring a raya. Vitana tunakala, and he says that's really where we have a comparison to our mishnah. But says the Gemara, hold on one second. How can you say that we use the principle of nolad suffix birshus of of haraya that wherever the suffix is found, that's the person who has to bring the raya? After all, meswe, we have the case of Maha shanimceis bove We had our case where we said that the tabach has to do that. If, the, if, the, if you wanted to say like your previous answer that he hadn't paid yet, it should have been the case that the should have been the one to bring the proof and he would have then had to extract the money if it was in fact of araya. But why would you say that that's true? That b'raiser should be an error. It should be if Shmuel's right and we only pursue a raya from the person for whom he found the problem, which in this case is the Tavach, so then we break the principle anyways of and therefore it should be that the person who has to bring a Raya is the Tavach, says the Gemara. Really, we're reversing this case yet again. We're really the Tavach already paid for. It. Umay asks the Gemara, Pasca, is this really clear to you that he already paid? Says the Gemara, it is really clear that he paid. This is normally how transactions take place. When you buy a cow, you pay on the spot. For as much as a person doesn't pay the money, he doesn't get the life. He doesn't get the product that he paid for. And therefore, we can fairly assume that he did, in fact, pay. And therefore... Uh, we can follow Shmuel's principle that because he paid and now the money is in his possession and he is also, this is the place where we found the suffix. So all everything works out in this new comparison of Shmuel to compare the case uh, of our Mishnah to the case of Nolad Basavik Bir So Alav Haraya. That wherever the Nolad is born, wherever the suffix, excuse me, is born, that is the person who does the actual bringing of the proof. The bottom couple of lines and we'll be stopping at the, not the first Mishnah, but the second Mishnah down, just starting to prep to push a little bit. Tomorrow's a bigger blot. We spoke about the fact that there are some different types of movement. And there are some that are hidden and some that are not. And in our Mishnah, we discussed that if, in fact, they had a bathhouse in that community, we had said that in that bathhouse, that because uh, the husband can send his sister, send another woman into the bathhouse to make sure she has no other woman on her body, we had said that there's really nothing that's really beseser anymore. Amar of Nachman, that's not true. If a person has epilepsy, so then, Somebody uh, today told me that uh, they wanted to open a school for a person who has invisible problems. Not noticeable special needs problems, but not even noticeable um, ADD problems, but just purely uh, invisible issues. Kids who don't learn exactly the same. Fascinating. Okay. Okay. That is treated, and I presume other types of similar disorders are, 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 are treated as beseser. However, it's only true when this person gets their epileptic moments, their epileptic seizures at the same exact time, every day at 10 o'clock in the morning. Then they know to go in their room, have their seizure, and come back out and, and join everybody else. I have a but if, in fact, their their epileptic, uh, their epileptic epilepsy shows its face at random times during the day, that's dummy. You can't control it. It's not uh, Rashi defines actually in the top line, it's an illness no that when, when, you, when it afflicts you you actually fall to the ground. New what about women and men? We've been discussing primarily women and women. If a man uh, ends up with a new moon, we don't force them to get divorced. this is only true. This is only true with small women. However, with larger mumen, we do consider that a reason to divorce. Rabbi Huda, tani noldu. Rabbi Huda has in our Mishnah the language of noldu, that they just happened. These things just uh, occurred, this new moon. And Barav tani hayu, not haish bo, but haish bo, that he was born with it. Of course, if he's going to say that it's a moon for having a, a new episode of it, and once he's married, then all the more so if he was born with it, because after all, Maybe, maybe she will have accepted it. Manda amar hayu aval But according to the Shita that says that our Mishnah's language is hayu, that he always had it, but maybe not Noldu. Tanan. We have a Mishnah. We learned in our Mishnah. We saw in our Mishnah a distinction that with Mumin Kitanim we don't force a divorce, but with Mumin Gedolim we do. I could understand that this is a new issue. That if, that if our Mishnah writes Noldu, that this is a new issue. Then. You know, a woman wakes up one day and her husband has a big splotch on his face, a big new mole wasn't there yesterday. If it's caught, then she'll stay married. If it's large, she'll divorce him. I understand that. But if he had this on his face the whole time, she knew about it before they got married. She saw it on the first date. It's all over his face. So says the Gemara, that's not necessarily true because it could be that our Mishnah, is not a raya that we have no du versus hayu because kasura maybe had it been that she was born that he that her husband was born with this uh defect, maybe kasura he's she kabel. She thought my love for him is so great, I can handle the fact that he has a massive uh, growth on his face. I can handle that. any but now she can't handle it anymore. Why should we force him <clears> to <throat> have to give her Xuha? She's the one who changed her mind. <clears throat> the time they got married, she thought she could handle it. Yeah. Okay. You changed your mind. The Gemara, no, the Gemara is just saying over here that because we tried to bring a Raya from our Mishnah, from the question of Shimon Ben we're just trying to bring a Raya that uh, we, we had asked, right? We had said, maybe our Mishnah is a Raya that it must be noldu, the language of our mission is noldu, that he had a new issue um because had it been Hayu she knew about it the whole time the Gemara says that's not a good logic because if she knew about it the whole time um yes maybe it was uh maybe it was even a katan, maybe it was but so you're saying that maybe she has to rough it now because she decided see. If, if she can convince him to divorce her great, well, we're talking about a Mishnah, where he's forced to have her the suba. So the language so of the Mishnah, the, the Mishnah is very she, interesting. Kofin Oso Lahotzi. Right. He has to divorce her. Right. And give her a suva Correct. She's entitled to get away with her, to take her suva That's correct. Why should he have to suffer, so to speak? She's the one who's ready come out. Mm-hmm. So, oh, that's a good question. That's what I'm saying. Kofin Lahotsi means... She's entitled to get out and to be made whole because. was asked your question. Second, the third Tosso was down. Right. could be Toswas says like you. Beautiful. Tosso says that maybe if if there's this ploy, then she won't get her ksuba. Very good, David. Uh, beautiful. I didn't even think about that. That's great. And I also didn't see Tosso until four seconds ago. So thank you for that. <laughs> Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, because there's a harama that could easily take place. Uh, I don't like the mole on your face, and uh, give me a divorce, okay? But even Tosvos wasn't sure, just the last many words of right. Tosvos. Veshema, well, usually the answer to that is it's been here all along. It, they all we would have assumed, right. we would have assumed. Yeah. B'makom yeah. Wow, I'm sure other Rishonim of the Balea Tos ilk. You know, like the Toswas Arash and others, I'm sure they all speak of it, the Rush probably. Okay. The Rush was the last of the Balayat Toswas, I'm curious what he says about it, we can look it up afterwards. All right, let's finish up this. So, mumen, mumen gedolim, what are considered to be significant Eino. if he has one blind eye, if he has a severed hand, Raglo. if he has a broken leg. So some of the Mephorshim here explained in regards to the broken leg that this doesn't just mean a broken leg temporarily. It means something permanent like a, uh, like a, a paralyzed leg or something significant that they can't even move. It's say what's the halacha? Rabbi Abba Bar Amar Rabbi Yochanan hal-acha that we hold like Rav Shimon Ben Gamliel that Rav Shimon Ben Gamliel in our Mishnah makes a distinction between the mum and if it's a mum they don't have to get divorced but if it's a mum Gadal, they do have to get divorced. Rav Amar uh, in the name of Rav Nachman, no, Halacha Kedirei Chachaman. So I asked the Gemara, I don't understand. Why would Rav Yochanan say that the Halachas are like Rav Shem and Ben Gamliel? Would he actually pipe up and ever say that the Halachas are like Rav and Ben Gamliel? After all, Rav Yochanan himself was the one who said the Shita. That we always hold like rush We're not going to go into what those cases are, but we hold like rush bag in basically every case in Shas. So why would Rav Yochanan have ever have said that? So it says the Gemara. You're right; he, he probably didn't need to say it, but some of the Amorim did say it in his name. We're going to stop right here at this Mishnah. Tomorrow night we're going to learn uh duff ionzin a little bit of a bigger blot and Mirza Hashem will finish the para. On Thursday night, we're gonna be we're gonna be pushing a little bit extra, close to two blot, uh, certainly a blot and a half. Friday, we're going to learn a blot as well. Mirza Hashem Duff Pei. And then Shabbos, we're gonna learn Sunday's blot. And that way, we won't have to learn Sunday, which is Arab Rosh Hashanah. I can't learn in the morning anyways. There's a bris right after one of the minyanim, and uh, Sunday we won't learn Rosh Hashanah day one. We'll learn Daf Pei which is the right plot, and Rosh Hashanah day two is Daf Pei Gimel, and that's what we'll do. Wishing you all a beautiful night.